Hello footies, welcome to Foot in Review, powered by footcoaching.com, bringing you leading analysis and opinion of all things Ultimate Team since 2019. We bring you two shows a week available on all your favourite podcast platforms. And of course, we now have a fully produced video show available on YouTube and Spotify as well. Now, if you can spoil us a little bit of extra support, why not head over to patreon.com forward slash foot in review, get a range of benefits, including joining our loyalty program. You also get Discord access and much, much more. Big thank you to today's show sponsors, Car Money, but a little bit more on them later in the show. But also a big thank you to our Skybox holders, Amar, Artyom and Peter. Hello, footies, and welcome back to Foot in Review, episode 565. This Friday is not all about deals yet, but it's all about pros. The pro live promotion is here, and not only does it bring content, it also brings the perfect opportunity to discuss all things from the FC24 pro scene, at which I personally was extremely critical about at the release of the game. But to make sure we'll get several views of the content and the proceeds, we've got a literally full house today. We also have a new recurring show topic called Start, Sub or Sell, but more about that later as well. My name is John and I'll be your host of the day and I'll be way less talkative since else my dear co-host and dear guests will not get much time to speak for themselves. It is my pleasure to say hi again to the myth, the legend, Hariola, the Norwegian King, I don't know if all the Indiana Jones, it is Mr. FC database. It's none other than the man, the worst hoodie, the best. It's Ingve. Hello, hello. <laughs> hello, yeah. Ingve. You're looking good. Thank you. Wearing the, uh, <laughs> wearing the podcaster Halloween outfit yep. again. It's uh, kind of stuck with <laughs> me now. I'm waiting for uh, the exclusive uh, foot in review one. So this will do for now. I, I will get you that because we do have, and this is another plug, but we do have the beanies on nice so we do have food and review beanies now. awesome um the good news is you are going to create we can now officially say that uh well 99 yep. sure which means you have to wear a hoodie when it's even 35 degrees there as well yeah we'll see <laughs> <laughs> some kind of hat i should be able to maybe maybe not the hoodie here no nah, it's going to be a, a, a it's going to be a beanie i'm sure yeah, be next up it is the man that does wear the Food and Review merchandise like no other. And if you look in the background, you can see two teddy bears wearing also Food and Review merchandise. It's none other than Chris, Krem, Papa, Mac, McIntosh. Hey, how are hey, you? I'm quite all right. Looking forward to doing this show. I actually have been looking forward to doing a show on this topic. And EA, well, EA gave us content to go along with it. So, Good yeah, stuff, happy to go yeah, I'm looking forward to yeah. it, mate. And if MDC's in the background, there's a the merchandise. Let's get rocking. Black Friday's coming. Are we going to do any deals, John, for Black Friday? Uh, yes, but I got so ill-prepared that I don't know what what the actual promotion is will be put up. But if you go to footereview.com, you can definitely check out. There are deals there, for sure. Uh, this is weird, though, because we have a Black Friday week now, apparently. So this morning I woke up into all kinds of deals. So I was like, hey, that's mm-hmm. next week, isn't it? But it's actually this week. So on the Food and Review site, we are a little bit behind the curve. But I'll make sure when this episode airs, the deals are live. Then the next is our special guest, which I did sort of get on board very last minute, maybe too last minute. And I'm glad he was able to come on still. It's none other than a recurring guest. We already had him on the show once. Uh, it is none other than, well, I'm going to say it in English, Michael van der Heide. Hi, Michael. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds a little bit weird in English, though, when we talk. 
<laughs> yeah, but a lot of people cannot say Michael, so Michael is perfect. Definitely. We'll uh, plug you later on. Can you, for everyone that doesn't know you or anyone that doesn't know you, introduce yourself shortly for us? Yeah, I'm the Belgium esports coordinator, so I'm responsible for everything gaming related at the Belgian Football Association. That includes the pro scene, but also amateurs and everything around that. And if you come to wonder why we met, that's not to do with amateurs. <laughs> no, that's what the pro. <laughs> Just putting it out there. Now we've been working together uh, last year as well um, in the very uh, fun, entertaining co-op national teams, um, yeah. which unfortunately this year is not a thing anymore, isn't it? No, this year it will change. Right. All about those changes though, because uh, I'm, I was very critical at the FC 24 pro scene. Um, I've been trying to get that on board or like get the point across for listeners. Uh, but I've also found it's a little bit hard when the other people on the show aren't that investigated or they're invested in the pro scene itself. Um, so hopefully you can help us out tonight a little bit with that. Yeah, for sure. I have some things to say about it. So Definitely. Uh, just to make sure we have some disclaimers up, you did not injure your arm or hand while playing FC24, did you? No, <laughs> just playing normal football. <laughs> yes. For the ones I want to see it, yeah. <laughs> I just want to put that there before we can. I can already see the yeah. YouTube section coming up later on. Uh, shall we start, though, with content? Because Ingve FC... Pro Life. There's a new promo. Last week we had, if you watched, you can get some new cards from the promo for, for the pro scene, which was cool, which I collected on Twitch, but never actually got my reward. Um, that aside, what do we get? It's new. It's fresh. Are you excited? Well, uh, I don't know how excited I am uh, at the moment because it's kind of fresh still. Uh, it looks interesting. It's new. Uh, it's uh, a promo team uh, where each player will be connected to a pro playing in a tournament this weekend and uh, if they win this these cards can uh, get some upgrades so it's kind of like a road to the final type but through the uh, esports uh, scene which is kind of interesting uh, you probably have to get a little bit uh, up to date with the who's playing and who's representing who at least if you're going to trade with these cards uh, which i don't think i would because i think the prices might go up and down up and down if you take a nap for five minutes you're going to lose coins <laughs> so uh, uh but they can get some nice upgrades uh if they get three three points they will get one inform upgrade if they get uh, six points the pro they get a they get a new play style uh if they get 10 points they get another inform upgrade if they qualify to the next round they get an inform upgrade plus another play style and if they win the whole thing the player they represent they will get another inform upgrade so that's uh, quite a lot of upgrades so uh, an 88 rated card could end up uh, 92 rated which is nice and two play styles added yep. to it would be cool if they could get skill moves and weak foot as well, but uh, well, it's a start at least, I think. That, that's for next year's probably next right. next tournament, I guess. <laughs> Chris, you're heavily invested in the pro scene. I know you've been watching Twitch every single week, been supporting all these players wearing their shirts in your cupboard. What's your take on this? How excited are you? Uh, I'm confused. I'll be honest with you, John. I'm confused. 
I did get my rewards last week, but I'll be honest with you, I put my phone on and played champs when the song in the background. Um, I mean, to be fair, the production looked great last week. It did look like they've ramped it up a little bit. I have been very critical in the past, uh, as we talked to things like um, Counter-Strike as well, when you watch those events, and uh, I'm sure Mikel will be able to fill us in and why potentially the, the, the EA seem to be lagging so far behind when you've got the world's game at your fingertips. Uh, that doesn't seem to be that way. It'll be interesting. I mean, as Ingby says, everybody out there will need to start doing their homework, who we think we're going to win. Um, maybe it might be too late for the guys here, but maybe we could say the people who think might do quite well in the promo if they're happy to do that. It's an interesting promo. It's one we've always asked for. It's no cut and paste, really. So I think we have to give it a mild thumbs up from us. Let's just see how the promo works out in terms of prices as well. Michael, let's jump to you. Yeah, I, I, I like the promo just because it finally are some names that are not always a promo card. Like you always have the same 10 players that get a promo card every promo there is. This time it's a little bit different. I like things like Lozano, that's with PSV. Emmanuel Bachori is playing for PSV and he's rep representing that player. And I think the promo is just something that EA is doing to get the viewership up on the tournaments. If you saw last year, they had like around 5 to 6k for the big tournaments. And now with the Twitch drops last week, they had 60, 70k, even more at some points watching the game. And I just think this promo is just getting more people involved in the pro scene. I don't think the pro scene is better than last year, but I think they're doing a better job in getting people to watch it. Even if it's just opening it somewhere on the phone. Because eventually those numbers are important for sponsorships for the future, maybe. Can you indulge us a little bit in how that works? Because you are very much involved on that side of it, activating sponsors, checking the numbers, getting people on board, getting sponsors on board. Last year, you said the, like the esports scene itself is a little bit is perhaps better, but the activation this year is, is better. What's the main difference in your feeling? What do they do well this year, and what did they go wrong? But this year, just even the Twitch drops with decent packs are just getting everyone to, to watch it. It's the same with these cards. The traders will watch the tournament just because they want to make profit and see which pros are, are playing well or are playing bad because you always have the surprises. So I think there's money to be made, as said before. Um, so I think people will be a bit more invested in the tournament. Even with just the drops, more people were watching and more people are getting to know the players well last year there was nothing you could get some tokens i think if for some tournaments and then over a whole year you had like six tokens and you forgot to do two and you couldn't <laughs> get the best pack eventually so that incentive was just wrong i think it was too too long while now you get oh you get a mega pack for just watching 60 minutes or something and that's just what is driving people to it and if the numbers are higher sponsors will eventually be able to put more money down because it's just all about reach and media value. <laughs> and I think that will be important for the next steps of EA as well. Definitely. Chris, I see you nodding. No, I, I, just, I mean, I, I know we were going to talk about it, but maybe it's a good time to talk about it. I'm just looking because, you know, I'm a bit of a Philistine when it comes to uh, online sports. And I'm looking at one, you know, Counter-Strike and there's a tournament there was in, in Stockholm in 2021 and the peak viewers was 2.7 million. And I, I just wonder, from Mikel's point of view, 
what is it that maybe Counter Strike's doing? And maybe he doesn't want to say it, except if he doesn't want to tell us that. What's the what would he say is the difference between Counter Strike and the way EA are marketing the game? Because it is a world's game. It is the world's game. Football is played all over the world. It's the biggest game in the world, irrespective of what MDLs tells you. So I just wonder what EA could do differently. Is this a step in the right direction or is there more they could be doing? I think with Counter-Strike, the big difference is you can watch real-life football as well. So a lot of people that like to watch football maybe like more to watch Barca Real in real life than maybe watch it on on EA Sports. Um I think that's a big difference. And I think, yeah, Counter-Strike, I think that's one of the esports that's also easy to understand for a lot of people. It's just you have to plant the bomb on one of the two sides and a lot of people can easily understand that while League of Legends, for example, is way harder. But for FIFA, I just feel like the last couple of years there was not that incentive to to watch it, to get to know the players. Um, it's a lot of times confusing about how tournament structures are working. And I think there's just people more likely watch their home team in the weekend play real-life football than watch it on on EA Sports. And also, for me, as Belgium, if I try to sell uh, or eSports uh, matches to colleagues, everyone is asking questions, oh, why do they pay, play with Hewlett and with R9 and all those players while mm-hmm. we are the Belgium national team? We were playing with zero Belgiums last year. This year, that's going to change, and I think it's a good direction for us. But there's so there's not a lot for people to connect with um, in EA Sports. While I think in Counter Strike, you have more the teams and people being fan of a team and just following players, and I think that's just still missing in EA Sports. Now we're getting to see some bigger names, um, and they have their following. But it's just, I still think it needs to develop, but they're just so behind on what Counter-Strike and League of Legends were doing 10 years ago already. We're now starting to see it in, in EA Sports, but they just waited way too long, I think, to, to make the changes. Yeah, talk about changes, Ingvi, you've been with, well, with me at Foot of Review as long as we do this. How involved were you in the pro scene and do you know what actually changed between last year and this year if you talk about the pro scene itself? I watched some last year, but I haven't followed anything this year because they kind of changed the whole thing. So uh, it seemed too complicated for me to kind of put time into getting to know what it actually is and how it worked. So uh, I kind of just skipped following it. So, uh, which is a shame, really, uh, when it's too complicated and it's like, uh, yeah, I, I would just, it was fine the way it was, at least for me as a watcher. But uh, n- now I just, I just read about so many players could kind of lost their job. So I kind of mm-hmm. felt like this is, I don't know, uh, it's not the same anymore uh-huh. for me. Then it's like lots of unknown players as well. So uh, it seemed like. Many of the ones I like to watch because they play the type of football I like to watch uh, when it's online gaming, they quit. So uh, kind of lost the interest that way. I think that's a good point, though. Um, The structure changed a lot, and that's where I've been critical. But maybe Michael can help me explain it a little (laughs) bit. If you talk about the structure last year, most people could just sign to an organization or didn't get into an organization, but just play well, get into sports, try those open qualifiers and get in tournaments. 
that way. Basically, you can, you could be able to start your pro career just from your home, if that makes sense. This year, that's becoming a lot more difficult, didn't it, Michael? <laughs> yeah, it's becoming more difficult, but I also think the window in getting to the pro level is way smaller. Like last year, you just had to be in elite division certain points and you had like five or six moments in the year that you could qualify for an FGS. This year, everything is crammed up before December even. So if you're not in FC Open right now or your ladder last week didn't go well, your year is almost over. If you're not playing the the competitions like the the nation competition, I don't see you play very much. And then, of course, some names are going to disappear because there's no way to show you the rest of the year. And if you missed it in the beginning, while some people need an adaption time, like I have some players, they always are very bad in October and November. And then in January, they're smacking everyone. They don't have any possibility anymore to make a World Cup or anything like that. And that's just a shame that they limited their window so much. Yeah, so basically what they did, if I can really try to summarize it uh, and bring it down a little bit, is last year, everyone that played in the elite division and get to a certain amount of point was able to qualify for the FIFA Global Series qualifiers. So you could qualify through the game into the qualifiers. And in the qualifiers, you could, could perform really well and you were able to make a tournament, basically even into the world championship in the end, if you did really well. But at least you had an option, but you were playing most of the year. And next to that, you had national competitions like the Dutch EDVZ. We had a little Premier League tournament. Uh, Belgium does it as well in the Belgium competition, uh, where you also get a point and were able to get those points into your qualification. And I don't think I missed something there, right, Michael? No, correct. This year, you play FC24. You get if you get to elite, you can get into the or division four. It was at the start of the season. Division four, yeah. You get into the FC Open or FC Pro division ladder system, which is also in game, which was pretty cool addition, if I'm honest. But am I correct that only four players in total are able, if they're not able to get into a club competition, to qualify in the end on the World Cup? Four. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm correct. Yeah, yeah. So if the rest are all spots for competitions. Yeah. So if you're not playing in the EDVZ Premier League, etc., as a player, there's just four players that can get into the actual World Championship at the end of the year. Which last year, it wouldn't matter where you played or for who you played. Sure, if you did EDVZ and stuff, you get a little bit more points. You had a bigger chance, but the road was open for you. And this year, it's a lot more restricted. One thing I've been asking for in the previous years was tell stories. We we need to know the players. Like Michael knows a lot of players. I know a lot of players. And if you get to know these players, they can tell cool stories and you start rooting for them and they didn't do that. The disadvantage of this year's system is that it made it very compact, very close and really narrow to be able to participate. The one thing they are doing now really well, I have to admit that I want to know your guys' opinion in a second, is by doing promos like this, they are damn well telling stories now about these players. Chris, does this more entice you? Do you get the difference between last I year and this year? I don't understand why they changed that. It doesn't seem to make any sense whatsoever why change it, because this promo, I take it, is just for this weekend, is that right? 
It looks like that. Yeah, so, you know, this promo can run for several uh, tournament weeks, couldn't it, really? Because you could just have several players. I mean, surely this isn't going to be just a one-off because everybody will watch this weekend's uh, tournament and then the tournaments in the future. What's the incentive for people to watch? Are, are these players going to carry forward, like the road to the final cards, or will there be new cards coming out? That would be the interesting one for there. Um, also, I think, as well as, and Michael can probably tell us, is, the 2v2 or the 3v3 seems like a more exciting game to watch than the 1v1. Uh, I just wonder if AA have missed a trick by not making it a, a 3v3. Yeah, we played last year, all year, 2v2. That was for E-Nations mm -hmm. the way to go. It's just... I think they're a little bit afraid to keep pushing that mode just because then every team needs two players. This year, they put all the power at the clubs. What actually resulted in every club is going to pay the players less. Because the clubs are saying, ah, you want to play in a nation, because, a nation competition because you want that possibility to go to the World Cup. Ah, but we're going to pay you like 700 euros right. less this, month, uh, this year. Are you going to, to take the spot or not? Otherwise, we take one of the 700 other people that want your spot. So, for example... Kersi Genk, they used it in their tactic to renegotiate with Gilles Benard and Stefano Pina. They said, we have one spot and we offer this much money. Who of you two is going to take it? And the other one can leave. One said, okay, I'll take it. The other one now has no club. And last year there were two because there was a 2v2 competition. Uh, there was possibilities for E-Nations that they were willing to practice. There was E-Club. Um, so there was an incentive for the club to have two players. But now they only need one for the competition and they're just saying, ah, but we don't want to spend this much money anymore. We have the power, take it or leave it. And that's a bit the situation for this year. Which is very disappointing, not only because of the money perspective, but there used to be organizations, I mean, foot coaching, we had pro players working for us as well, which we've put at clubs to help clubs, but also to make sure that player can make content all year, push the brands and go all, all year. It's really risky now having players signed to an organization directly because like Michael says, the clubs definitely know the word now, what the power they have. So it, and if they don't make the first league and you don't have them in a national competition, they can just play for one or two months and that might be it for the year while as an organization, you're still paying a salary for the, for the whole year as well. And that's not even talking about teams or organizations, let's put it, organizations that had players signed to them for a couple of years. Let's say you signed the world champion last year, you signed them for three years. This year, you can't put that world championship into a club that plays a national competition. There's just four players actually able to make the world championship at the end of the year. What are you going to do? You're going to put them at a club and pay that difference yourself because you're still paying for the player? Or are you going to say, no, let's this collapse? Most people will both those players into the clubs for and make less money on it or don't even at all put invest their own money on it and that's why some organizations just like okay now we're done because basically there's just power at the clubs and that's where we go and coming back on chris question two versus two last year was awesome michael where your teamwork team chats really cool to manage and i think the one thing we had, we celebrated this chris we said it as well playing yeah, co-op is amazing in this game actually yeah i think I would love to go to World Championship in Ingvi, though, but hey. I mean, I would like to see now. 11 v 11, I'll be honest with you. I think that's the, that would be the ideal one. The pro clubs themselves, you know, 11 players 
playing would make a, an interesting game. It would be an interesting experiment for, for, for EA to put in here. Um, you know, when you hear those, you know, Michael and yourself, and you hear those discussions that you guys are having, it sounds like the pro scene, it's first of all very difficult to get into. And if you are a good player, are you going to keep practicing the game for a game you're going to really struggle to become a pro at? Are we going to lose out in talent in the future? I think it's really a struggle. I have people in our academy. We have a, a youth working at RBFA. They're like, ah, maybe I'll I'll stop playing EA Sports because I'm going to college. Maybe my, my studies are more important. Like, we had one guy. He made semi-final of the Belgian competition last year. He almost went to the final, but he choked it. And after he said, yeah, I'm going to stop because my time is more worth to do extra studying and get a master degree and that money eventually will be better in my life than maybe do one or two more years of EA Sports at a club because he had a contract and spend my time in the game because he said, ah, it's more worth to, to go and, uh, and study because he was not sure that he would make the big tournaments. He would just play the national competition and he said, I just stopped. And that's what that's really what's what's happening in some point. So some young prospects will stop because it's so hard to get into. And that's because we're missing like that's what Counter Strike does well. They have all the little leagues as well. Like you can sign up for Face It, you can play on Face It, you can get the highest rank. People will start noticing you if you're level ten on Face It. And then clubs are going to contact you. You can play in the minor clubs. But in EA Sports you don't have that. If you're elite Everyone says, yeah, but 3% of all the people on uh, EA Sports are elite. You're, you're not able to show yourself off. 20-0 in for champions. Like, I'm disappointed if one of my players is not getting it at this point. Then then I say, oh, wow, you get 20-0? and zero? No, I think in my academy, 9 out of 10 people are getting it. So there's no way in showing how good you are unless you're getting to the tournaments. But mm -hmm. that's just so difficult. No more pro career for you, Envy. Yeah, well, you never know. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> if there was a veteran league or something <laughs> for the ones over uh, 30 plus or something, uh, 40 plus. No, what I think, what I'm well, coming back on the question why I think, and I'm going to let Michael answer as well, but I think they wanted to go back to basic and start rebranding the FC Pro scene, making sure to start telling those stories. But to be able to do that, you need first a player base, which you sort of can rely on to show off, to make a good example. I think this is a perfect promotion to show off some of those players. The disappointed is we'll probably not get so many new players coming in, in the next couple of years. And I definitely see from what we've seen at foot coaching this year and the organizations or the clubs we did help that the general level is actually going down. I'm not sure Michael sees the same, but I feel the general level is actually going backwards now a little bit because of the young talents that were actually really good saying, oh, not sure this is a wise decision for me to spend the time on it. Maybe I'll have to drop off for so little chance to go in. Less sponsors, clubs paying less money, so it's getting less attractive, which for us as an organization, they hire us less as well because there's less budget to do so because it's the same thing that Michael said. People saying, the clubs saying, hey, we can now pay you far less because else you don't have work. That's what we get offered as well. And we just say, well, we can't do it for that last, so we're not doing it, but it still hurts, right? Mike, what do you think? Levels going backwards or 
Oh, we're still working with the same players. Like we didn't do a selection. <laughs> yeah, we didn't do a selection yet uh, for this year. Normally, we always did it in November, but we postponed it now to January. And that's where I'll see the new level of the people in Belgium. But eventually, you run out of the talents as well. Like we have twenty people in an academy and ten pro players. That's thirty people on already a high level. Like it's so hard to find twenty more on that level. It's it will always go a little bit down. But it's it stays for a long time always the same players. Like if you ask me who's going to play for Belgium, I can only say four names at this moment. And those four were already in my squad last year. So new guys are not even knocking on the door for that spot. Uh not even close. And they're not getting to FC Open. We had one Bel one Belgian guy that was actually on the tournament. And that was not the ones that were performing very well last year. <laughs> yeah. I'll talk about knocking on the door. The sponsor is also knocking on the door. So we'll be right back after this. This show is sponsored by Car Money, the car finance ninjas, fighting to make cars affordable and accessible for everyone, no matter your financial situation. Nikki, the car finance ninja here, compares the top car finance lenders in both the UK and Australia to get you the best possible price so you don't have to, and they can get you approved fast all you need to do is choose your new car and drive away happy get in touch with one of their friendly ninjas and start your car finance journey today and we're back that was a good break when you hear chris clap like 10 seconds after the break ended <laughs> well done chris but hey it's good to have yeah, you, you. <laughs> i still miss those claps when we were live doing in scotland <laughs> i'd be happy on 20 in a weekend league as opposed to 20, you know, just to qualify is a, a trek for me these days. So, yeah, I'd be happy with 0 and 20 at the moment, the way it's going. I was just going to ask, and I'm sorry if I, if I hijacked this conversation, is we've been very critical of the new game, Michael, on, on the show. A lot of us don't like the, the actual gameplay itself. I'm just wondering from a pro point of view, what's the feeling at your level? I don't have the, uh, the pro level, but if I see some of the players then... A lot of them are not really enjoying it as well. It's it's so... Yeah, in FIFA, of an EA Sports now, it's just such a problem. It's everyone is playing a meta. And it's every year, like, the first month of a new game is the best because no one knows the meta. We can play every style we want. And then after three weeks, someone is uh, discovering the 4-3-2-1 with 73 depth, and everyone is playing it. And everyone is having Mbappe because Mbappe is the best broken card in the game. So everyone is saying, if I don't have Mbappe, it's already over. Uh, everyone is playing Ginola. Uh, it's always the same cards as well. It's so boring to watch for me, for example, is ah, we go to Pro Open. Everyone is playing Mbappe. Everyone is playing Ginola. Everyone is compensating as a, as a goalkeeper because they only have 8 million coins to spend. But it's just so, oh, so man. boring to <laughs> always the same. Yeah, but they spend 5 million to just two players. And then they have to... <laughs> But all the prices are low, so that's still okay. But it's just so boring, and that's why we're struggling last year as well. It's like, how do you sell this product if everyone is playing with Hewlett, R9, um, Mbappe? Even as a Belgium national team, if we're doing the broadcast, all the people are saying, oh, but we're playing with Belgium, but where's Kevin De Bruyne? Ah, we didn't even select him because he's not good enough. And that's just a missed opportunity to tell a story this year the format is going to change and we play with belgium really in a 95 mode and that's 
not better for the pro players, but it's better for the content. No, I agree that. I mean, because, you know, Ingve and I, you know, Ingve's Norwegian and I'm Scottish, and it's unlikely there'll be any of those Norwegian or Scottish players. Maybe Harland, if you're really, really, you know, lucky, the only player that'll make it through there. So it does seem a strange one. And I get that probably EA want to showcase these they call them items, don't we call them cards? These cards for, for other players to see and, and, and want to get. But that idea of playing at 95 sounds a lot more exciting and will probably maybe drive viewers in, as you say. You know, if I've got a Scottish guy playing in the tournament, I like him to use Scottish players. Chris, we played like on the EDVC's finals last year. Uh, every single team had to use their own in-game team on 95 mode. And we mm -hmm. went to Crete, we organized a tournament, which we also did on 95 mode with your supportive team. So you played Rangers, I played Feyenoord. Uh, yeah, it, it was, was great fun. Ever, it, make, right? it makes it a little bit special to you because you're using the cards that really matter to you. Um, I won't mention Rangers, we might have been a PSV fan there since they beat us to knock us out of the Champions League. But uh, congratulations to you, my friend. That was a sore one to take. Um, no, I agree with you. It was great fun and it, it makes for a more interesting game. And then you get players playing with different cards and different items, as they call them. You know, as you say, if everybody's got Ginola and Hula and R9 or whatever they've got, it becomes a very samey game. Tingvi, you've been playing the meta, haven't you? Four, three, two, one, long balls. What? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, no. I play my style. Uh, yeah, you did. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was looking at some of the gameplay. Like, uh, that's definitely not four, three, two, one. A lot of crosses in your play, though. Yep, I love a good cross. I love a good header. Uh, I love to be a little bit different as well. So, uh, I can't do the uh, dribble uh, down to the cut back gold type of thing. Uh, I've tried it a few times, but uh, no, no gold for me. So uh, it was really boring trying as well. So I just tried to play more like normal football, which I find a little bit more exciting. And I really enjoy scoring those goals after some nice build up play and, and then the ball out to the winger and nice cross and a great header or volley. It's much more pleasing than doing the R1 dribble down the line and passing into a kind of open goal after the goalkeeper lost his hands and foot and <laughs> things like that. So, uh, yeah, which is kind of the meta, it seems, like dribble down or finish shots from 50 meters, uh, which I can't do either. So, um, uh, well, I, I get on by just playing football and I'm doing okay. I was 8-2 in uh, the qualifiers, which is decent for an old man like me, I think. I'm uh, really happy with that. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I've the old man has a better beard than I do, though, but <laughs> yeah, less grey hairs to me as well. <laughs> I was just going to ask, Chris, just, go just ahead, to mate. go back to the, the, the promo card. So am I right in thinking, and, and I'm glad Ingvy's on here, that come this weekend of Monday, that's the promo kind of ended? Is that right? Or does the tournament go on for longer? Is this a, a continuation of last week's tournament, or is this a new tournament we're playing? This seems like a new tournament, a new promo. There's a new promo coming next week, I think, uh -huh. uh, from what I've heard. So there's no Team 2 or anything. So uh, I think this is kind of like a swift, uh, swift promo, kind of. So uh, maybe EA is testing the waters, how it works and how people like it, and see if they can kind of uh, bring it back uh, when another tournament comes and see uh, what they can do. I think this is one of the things which EA doesn't do properly. Michael can maybe help a lot with that. But it's really hard to follow what tournament is going on, what's on stake, and how long it lasts, and what effect it actually has. Michael, can you agree on that? Or do you have any tips for anyone that does want to follow the pro scene? 
I think this year is a little bit easier than last year because last year we had so many different tournaments. Last year it was 1v1s, it was E-Club, it was E-Nations. E-Champions League. E-Champions <laughs> e League. So there were a lot of competitions and then it's hard to follow because it's always other players, other rules. This year, it's sadly enough way less. It will be like a lot of the same players all the time. So it will be easier to follow. And I think this promo is just trying to see if they can boost that viewership with this promo because they're just looking how can we also get to 2 million viewers in a weekend um, kind of things because they have been struggling the last couple of years since they've actually been struggling since, since COVID, since they stopped doing the tournaments. Then they did everything online and they were actually one of the only organizations that kept doing for almost two years after COVID, only online tournaments. But online, no one was interested in watching it. No one was actually interested in playing it because for some of the players that I coached, I coached Stefano Pina, uh, ex-world champion. He was so motivated all his tournaments to go to, to a special place. We went to Singapore, we went to Atlanta, we went to Romania, to London. Just qualifying for that tournament was such an experience and such a drive that's just made you play better. But if you're playing at home in your same coach that you're playing every day from for 50,000 or 20,000 euros, it just doesn't have the same feeling. You don't feel like I'm the top eight of the, of the world of, from Europe. And I think that was also not translated in a broadcast because a lot of the players could not stream because they had bad internet, they had bad webcams. So the whole production for like three years of these tournaments was garbage and no one was involved and you missed the stories like in the past you had people like Kurt that got banned but they were speaking and they were a personality you're now missing that personalities maybe uh, Veryang is getting some kind of reputation like that some people love him some people hate him but you need personalities like that and you need that story to be built and I, I think they're trying to do that right now but they're just so behind on, on everything else. Yeah, they could get better in that though, because if you look at how these players, so if you forget this wrong, uh, every pro player, not every player, from each group, they got one player, that player got one card connected to him. But I, for example, don't know how that got selected. And if I go to the website where you can actually find those links between those players, there's actually no much info about the actual pro player. I wish I could like click through and read more. Where is he from? What is he doing? How long has he been playing? What's his favorite player? Stuff, I, I don't know. What's your favorite drink? I don't care, but I want more information, but there is no more information yet. So I would say, for example, let's take one. Let's take uh, one I don't know that well. Say Alejandro Hidalgo. You want to know more info about him? I have to Google him. Now hopefully I can find something about it, which is, the start's there, but it's not there yet. And I think that bringing it back more compact will help with starting it. But I do want to know what people think if this actually, are we watching because we now get stories and we want to root for someone or are we actually watching because that one card we just so happen to pack because Invy, these cards are really not easy to obtain either, I'm afraid, right? <laughs> but are they watching because these players might get an upgrade? Also, Invy. How much do I have to pay for all these players? Yeah. 
if I want to get one. <laughs> some are extinct and some are not. Some are very cheap. Uh, uh, but uh, I have to mention one thing that I found out uh, is that you can unlock uh, Diego Jota by playing objectives, uh, but the card isn't live for some reason. Uh, <laughs> the SPC for Lozano, he's a live card, but the objective player, which is Jota, is not a live card, so he won't get any more upgrades, which I find extremely disappointing. Uh, it's not only because he's a Liverpool player since I'm a Liverpool fan, but it's like you spend time doing an objective to get up promo player from a live card promo and that is the only card which isn't live and can get upgrades that makes absolutely no sense to bring in a card that's not live in a live promo so i just saw chris in english face going from it is actually pretty cool to yeah oh no I mean, yeah, okay. it's a shocker yeah. though it's <laughs> an absolute shocker and and and, I, and just you know not to talk over the top of anybody there but I'm, I'm with you. I'm looking at the William card. I'm sure Ingby could talk about that card, but it's sitting at 1.1 million, I think, Ingby, is that right? And and yeah. and Gabriel Young Freitas is the, the pro who's been attached to it. And I don't know if the lad's a good player or not, um, but you seem to be taking a mega gamble on that card that's 88 rated at 1.1 million. It seems like an awful lot of coins for that. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't, uh, from what I've seen, uh, uh, young Freitas has two times top four finishes in uh, SNA tire event, which I don't know which what kind of event that is. Uh, so there are other players that have more top four finishes, like the uh, uh, Matthias guy. He has 12 times top four finishes, so he is representing the uh, Karamo card uh, i would say that he has a bigger chance to get an upgrade from at least from what i'm reading though but i uh maybe michael can tell me more about the difference between these these two pros which one is actually the good one if if the stats showing on the ea website is like kind of representing saying that matthias is a much player than uh, uh gabriel freitas i don't know yeah matthias is is way better but the thing is like just basing on stats is difficult because they all always play regional yeah. tournaments. And like we noticed it for for example with E Nations for us, like in Europe, we have twenty teams in the top thirty, but like on place two there was like Malaysia and on three was Brazil and on four was for example Australia. Why? Because they were winning all their regional tournaments. But if they come to the World Cup, they got smacked 6 0 in a lot of games. So, and that's what's happening for me, I think, with the pros as well. It's way easier to qualify in certain certain areas of the world, while in Europe, the level is way, way higher. Like, we try to qualify for E Nations. Like, we were battling with teams in the top 20, while, for example, Morocco, they're like at that point 41 of the world. They were facing number 70, number 80, uh, number 86, and they got to the World Cup while we were battling with number 7, number 11, you number 16. to get to Yeah, we had to beat France to get there. And that's just because Europe is just, yeah, football is a lot more popular in, in Europe and the level here is just a little bit better, I think. That's also um, why we get all the servers, Michael. No. Yeah. <laughs> 
I'm just putting it out there because I know we have it's some a good service. topic as well. <laughs> we have some from good that. service. It depends on which one we can play. Yeah, from hearing this info, if I was sitting on the villain card, I would uh, try to not lose tax on that card since he has two times top four from Brazil. Uh, might not... Uh, well, you never know. He can have a good tournament, of course. He might be the star, but... Uh, from what I'm hearing now, the odds of William getting a lots of upgrade aren't the biggest. You always have surprises. Like you never know who's going to perform yeah. on the day. Like I would say the Lozano card will get some upgrades because he is represented by the yeah. world champion, that card. And then you have uh, Emery Yilmaz. He won each Champions League last year. So those are players. If they're linked to a card, you already know they performed last year. So probably they will do it again. Emre has a decent um, group as well with him. And yeah, you, you and uh, if you're a trader and listening to the show now, uh, at the moment, the Marlon card is 25k, so uh, you, might, you might make a few thousand coins uh, if, uh, if Emre is, in, uh, is uh, having a normal day at, at his work. Now just give me a but minute. You... you guys talk. I'll go buy some of those cards. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I think, but we cannot forget it's high level. Yeah. Like it's not anymore. Like few year, like last couple of years, the pro is playing like the number one is playing the number three hundred of Europe. No, it no, it's sixteen pros and they're the best of the world. So it's not going to be a walk in the park uh, for every game for Emery or Manu, for example. True, but Manu isn't that afraid to see all the players go right. So. Yeah, he's good. But... <laughs> there's one, there's two players. But I, I, maybe it's my Dutch bias, by the way. Uh, also, I think I'm too late, but broadcasting his life because he's being sold everywhere I'm going now. So it doesn't matter. Uh, we have a new topic on the show. So we're 45 minutes in, new topic, and Chris can tell you all about it because it's time for a new recurring topic: start, sub. Or sell. Definitely. And I'd like to give a shout out to uh, you and Cameron at the uh, Big Football Podcast. They have this feature, so I've stole it a little bit, but I'm sure he won't mind. He's a big FIFA player. So, you and if you're listening and you want to come on the show, we'd love to have you. But what we're going to do is we're going to pick three players which you uh, can either start, you must start one, you must have one as a super sub, and you must sell one. Now, the selling is because you want the coins, not because you don't like the card as well. So, that is a bit of a complication there. So yeah, the card is tradable. So we're going to give you three cards tonight, uh, and I'll, uh, you can then choose which ones you want to start, which one you want to be your super sub, and which one you want to sell. Coins are important. So we're going to go with our three cards tonight. Gold Mbappe, 91 rated, five and four, uh, low and high rate, and he is 2.6 million as of this afternoon's market. The second card is Usman Dembele, Road to the Knockout, 89 rated. He's 5'5", medium high, just under a million coins at 958k. And then the last one is King Eric Cantona, again 89 rated, 5 star, 4 star, medium high, but he is 1.3 million. So that are the rules, guys. You have to pick one to start in your team. You pick one as a super sub, comes on after the 60th minute, and then the one you're going to sell and take those coins. Who would like to? Let's start with Ingvi, because I know he's got a very unpopular opinion right from the bat on Ingvi. <laughs> yeah. Who's the one you will start 
that is Eric Cantona. All right, all right. Who's the one you're going to swap in? Uh, that is uh, Dembélé because he has such bad stamina, so he'll struggle to play the whole match anyways, and double five-star is really nice. And you're selling Mbappé. Yep, I never get on with Mbappé. <laughs> he is Mr. Post-it. Hit the post, hit the bar, hit the post, hit the bar. Uh, if I get him in some kind of pack luck, I usually end up playing him wide because he rarely scores goals for me for some reason. I know it's me. Uh, but I don't use time finishing or anything like that. So I score more goals with other players. So I take the coins and buy me a better striker for my style, of course. Also, best striker in the game, Tres Gay, right? At the moment, yes, for me, for my style. <laughs> That's Mr. <laughs> at the post, Tres Oh my goodness. He loves the path. I, uh, I, I will refrain from discussing this on air. Michael. Who would be the player you would start from this team? Um, Mbappe, 100%. That's why I like, wanted to start winning. There's no, there's no discussion about it. Like, that guard is just so broken in pro play as well. Like, nowhere around it. Like, with him, I think even for me, it will, it will get me three more wins a weekend league. And that's with one hand. <laughs> that's with one hand, yeah. But I'm, I'm, uh, I've been talking to a few, like my kind of level of players and uh, they have the same experience with uh, Mbappe. They say that I, I've hit the post so many times with him. I can't score. He doesn't do much for me. And I wish my untradeable Mbappe was tradable because I would sell him. So it, it's really strange. I, I'm guessing that you, Michael, probably use uh, uh, maybe precision finishing and time finishing and stuff like that that we don't use. So uh, yeah. that's probably why you get more out of of that card than, uh, than us of course, you're a better player as well, though, but uh, uh, you probably know the mechanics a little bit more in depth than, than we kind of. Envy, you, you watch Formula One, right? Yeah. Yeah, so the best car is the Red Bull. Yeah. But you could put Lance Stroll in a Red Bull and you still won't find the best car. That's true. I think that's <laughs> what's happening with you and Mbappe. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am. I admit it. Uh, I'm. I'm not. Ashamed no, of that. I. I. Th uh, he's, I think that the point is you. You. He's just way faster in most of the things, which is the difference between other players is so big that I think that's where the adjustment lies. Honestly, he's just good in the mechanics that are broken in the game, <laughs> and if you use that and you know how to use it, that card is just unstoppable. Yeah, I. I can't. But you need to. <laughs> Do that stuff, otherwise that card is it's just a, a gold striker. Yeah. That's but, a far nicer way to say that yeah, actually. Yeah. Should, kind of <laughs> should have added my pay there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um Michael, you're starting Mbappé. who's gonna be your super sub though? So uh, Dembele just for the pace at the end of a game. It's just too good. Nah, fair. As a super sub I don't think Cantona would be a good sub super sub to bring in. I think you can do way more with the pace of uh, Dembele. And Cantona is just worth a nice amount of coins as well to sell and invest in something else. Um, I think Cantona is a good striker. Like in certain play styles, you can definitely use him. I'm now saving up myself for Henri, for example. So there are a lot more usable cards this year. But just in this tree, you have to bring Dembele on to make the difference. Definitely. We're putting this on the socials as well. So once the show goes live or at least early next week, check out the socials. We'd love to get your opinion about 
who starts, who you sell, who you sell. Chris, who would be your take then? Because I, I can say my take, but I'm looking at the same perspective from Michael, so I would just copy paste. I would him probably also. be starting King Eric. I'll be honest with you, because I would like those coins from Mbappe. Two point six million. I think I can do more with the coins than I can with a one player. Uh, and then the Dembele again. I, I would probably be the super sub. King Eric it probably suits my style of play. I'm sure the Mbappe card is tremendous at the moment. It's far too expensive for me even to get anywhere close. Uh, yeah. So for me, unfortunately, Mr. Mbappe, we're going to sell you, uh, let you go for your 2.6 million coins and invest them in something else. Start with King Eric and then uh, bring on Dembele to win us the game. Yeah, perfect. I love the topic. Let's get this recurring as well. Um, also recurring topic is, of course, the food coaching tip of the week. But since we've got Michael here, he's at least as my uh, as experienced as I am, I think even more experiences, and I'm putting him on the spot here. So if you're not able to, just let me know as well. <laughs> but Michael, if you would say to the players that are now playing FC24, you would give them one tip, you one thing they should be starting to do to get the most out of this game, what would that tip be? I would say just learn to use L1 and R1 runs. Like getting a player closer or getting a player to run deep, it's just so important. Like a lot of people are saying, I'm struggling with getting offensive runs, but they're not using L1, R1 runs, and it's just making so much space. I have so much times that my striker's coming to me that I just press um, L1, he's going forward, and just with that long ball, I'm scoring. But if I didn't do it, he was just coming to me, and I wouldn't get any opportunity. So I think starting to do that will will help you create more offensively. That's a great tip, one we at Foot Coaching often try to teach. And just to make sure everyone knows how to do it, if you have the ball on your feet and you're looking towards a player of your own, if you click the R1 button or the RB button on Xbox, the player will start running towards you. I always say the R is for return, come towards you. If you click the L1 button or the LB button, the player you are looking at will go for a long run. So the L for long. So L1, LB for a long run and the RB or the R1 run for a return run or a run towards the player you are currently in possession with. Perfect tip. Makes it much more dynamic. Actually pretty easy to teach, pretty easy to learn because once you trigger it, you can also see a reaction from the player you're looking at. So if you send it for a long run, He'll raise his hands, he will go forward. And if he comes for a, look, a short run, he will also wave like, hey, I'm coming up towards you. So look at those tips. Thanks for that one, Michael. No problem. Brilliant. Uh, I don't actually have much left to say. I think we did it in a pretty decent time, but I know Ingvi has something left to say, though. I do? I don't know, but <laughs> you were like, oh, I just want to uh, say something. Well, I can <laughs> say that the Lozano... Uh, SPC is cheap, though, for uh, getting a card that's attached to a really good pro player. So, uh, of course, if you need a a fast uh, right winger uh, playing in the Eredivisie for Pese. Just a wrong club, unfortunately. But it's, it's still a nice story because Manu played in the beginning of his career for PSV. Then he went away. And this year he went back to PSV to play together with Emery in the uh, Eredivisie. So it's just a nice story that he's playing for PSV, has been playing there for a long time in the past. So that card is just like a nice story around it. And I think they should bring that a little bit more as well. Yeah, that's what I was hoping for on the actual website. But yeah, 
I think our common advice would be just do the Lozano SBC, even if he doesn't fit your team right now. He's one of those players that will be a good super sub, even if he doesn't fit your main team, eh? Yep. yep. Perfect. And also get get one or two Marlins. Just, I, I just get involved there, honestly. <laughs> Master Trader John with the tip of the day. It might make 5,000 coins on it, so I would definitely go for it. That's <laughs> yeah, it's so, so cheap. Michael. <laughs> Michael, just asking. Where can people find you online, mate? Um, mostly my Twitter. Uh, that's Michalik Zero. Um, that's and and Twitch. Uh, it's the same name. Those two. For the rest, I'm not that heavily social media active. Perfect. Chris at GPM, GPM Discord. Discord then you'll get me at. Chris uh, Macintosh, uh, well, one I think is the Macintosh uh, on X. I'm calling it its proper name now, but I'm on all the socials. Oh. If you find Foot in Review, you find Foot Coaching, you'll find me somewhere there. Always open for a discussion. If there's anything that you don't disagree with, and especially the the start, sub, and sell, let us know. We really want to know your guys' opinions on that. It'd be great to hear from you. Yeah, and if you just say FC24 is the best FIFA I've ever played, just send that to Chris. Yeah, I'll have a massive discussion on that one. Evie, where can people find you? They can find me on X slash Twitter or at Evgnoni. And of course, they can find me on our great Discord at LittleOn95. Highly recommended, of course, to join us. Very cheap. Definitely. You can. It's, well, that's relative. We can't see people's wallets, of course, but check out foodandreview.com and of course, patreon.com forward slash foodandreview. And I got one thing to ask everyone. We also make this show a fully video produced show and almost 35% of the people are now watching the video show on Spotify, which is awesome. That means we don't put in all the work for nothing. But if you do have a moment and go to food coaching on YouTube, which is just youtube.com forward slash foodcoaching, just give us a thumbs up or a like or share that video because it's getting little views there. Our shorts are getting like 10,000 more views than uh, the full <laughs> the full shows do. But let us know if you appreciate us by giving a little thumbs up or heart on YouTube because that would be very much appreciated. And of course, you'll help us with without spending money. So thank you very much in advance. Of course, this show will return next Tuesday, 6 p.m. UK. And of course, build live every Saturday, 6 p.m. UK. And if you're a Patreon member, you get it after we recorded this. There's just one thing left to do, and I actually forgot to brief Michael, so let's see if he still remembers. But it's time for us to... Drop it. Drop it. Drop it, yeah. Drop it. F-U. 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 T. 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 In the view. F. U. T.